welcome to the Coach Me podcast. My name is Nadine Stille, founder of Coach Me and your podcast host. It's wonderful to have you tune in today as I'll be talking about wellness in the workplace with leadership and organizational coach Kels Davidson. Kels is certified as an organizational coach from the University of British Columbia. Her approach to coaching is based on deep connection and exploration. She promises individualized coaching with a commitment of intention and clarity and an ICU approach to fostering growth within each person, encouraging them to step into their significance. Her coaching is real and relatable with a deeper connection and understanding that each one of us is different, but that we are all entitled to feeling worthy and accomplished. is energized by working with emerging and established leaders to grow their business and deepen their organizational cultures, partnering with people to dig in and examine their talents, strengths, and gifts. She coaches them to build their career and advance the teams they work with. Kels believes that in order to adapt and evolve as our world changes, we need more authentic, imperfect, and wholehearted leaders. She's excited to help leaders or aspiring ones find their groove and develop their unique style that will make a big impact. She also believes that impactful leaders need a kick-ass team to be successful. As a leader in organizations for the last 20 years, she builds high-functioning and aligned teams who get big results, build relationships, and navigate workplace dynamics. With a values-based approach, Kels brings teams together to construct a workplace culture that will fulfill them and increase productivity. And well-being plays a big part in the workplace culture that Kels helps build, which leads us nicely to today's episode details. We find out how wellness fits in the modern workplace and who is responsible for it. We learn what the risks are when we, or especially leaders, do not pay attention to well-being in the workplace and Kels leads us through a coaching tool and insightful questions to identify our current individual wellness at work situation, to identify areas we each might want to work on. Please make sure you'll check out the show notes to download a coaching tool Kels refers to during our chat. This way, you get to walk through the questions while you're listening in. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Oh, same here, same here. Let's dive right in. We'll be talking about wellness in the workplace today, and you're a leadership and organizational coach. So why this topic and what makes you so passionate about it? I think that when I have started kind of going down the path in leadership and then pursued leadership and organizational coaching it really became clear to me how important that your foundation is really strong in order for you to have an effective team, an effective, you know, transformational leadership style. Those pieces, you have to have a strong foundation and wellness work is that foundational work, especially in folks who are in a stressful or leadership role. Wellness is so, so important to get that foundation strong so that you can actually focus on 
what's next and that leadership piece. When I work with a leader or enter an organization, one of the first things that I look for is what's going on beyond what's being said. So in our conversations, some of that, you know, feeling of how, how's this person doing? How's this person feeling? Is there a sense of calmness? there a sense of boundaries? Is there, you know, when we, when I talk to their team, is there an actual overall, I guess, sense of well-being among them? And if that is there, you can actually take that team to the next level. Mm-hmm. If those pieces are missing, it's really hard to get the best out of your organization and get the best work done as a leader. So it, it is to me, a really, really important foundational piece, especially during this time where our well-being is actually being compromised a bit because of COVID. Yeah, I know this uh, actually just came up as well. It's like, what changes have you seen in say the last year and maybe even the need for wellness? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the first thing, um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about like the different areas of wellness that you can kind of tap into to look at. But one of the first things is, our workplaces have changed. So we've gone from seeing people in the coffee room, having those like small pieces of investment in your coworkers, where you're building relationships, you're having quick chats, quick check-ins, you're getting to know each other. A lot of people have actually moved out of the workplace and out of offices into their homes. Mm -hmm. And so now if you don't make an effort, you might not actually have an opportunity to connect with somebody that you would have otherwise ran into in the lunchroom. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of that social aspect at work that's being affected. And that can actually affect in work and outside of work, which then makes people feel a little bit lonely. It can make people feel a little bit down, depressed. We're seeing a real surgence of depression cases, burnout cases, you know, people feeling a little bit lost. And a lot of that has to do with the isolation through COVID-19, as well as just not being in that office and not being around people on a regular basis. Mm. The other thing that I've seen that's really good is there's been more acceptance that we have to focus on this. So I've seen, you know, leaders who have been a little bit, you know what, mental health, we'll put it inside you know, just put a ping pong table in the, in the back room. That's mm-hmm. fun. Give a pizza party. That's wellness. More people are seeing, no, we actually have to look into our paid time off policies. We need to make sure that people are taking breaks, that they're taking care of themselves and that we're focusing on it. So it's actually reducing the stigma about needing to care for yourself, which mm-hmm. is actually a positive. That's a really good trend. Yes. And I mean, you can, there's plenty in the, uh, in the news as well, especially around mental health during COVID. So all the, the major say, news outlets have covered it in the World Health Organization, you know, sometimes in governments. We've seen it um, here in Canada as well. Where there's been, mm-hmm. you know, information about it. So that's, it's great that it sinks through and you're actually observing that as well on a, I guess, on a leadership level, but then it actually affects then everyone as well because hopefully models by a leadership, it, it kind of sinks down to, to everyone as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay. Sometimes it's like when you first said about wellness in, wellness in the workplace, I thought I kind of knew what you meant by it. But sometimes, you know, maybe you can just explain exactly what the context is for wellness. I guess there's a bit more to it than the ping pong table that you just mentioned and massages, yoga, depending on probably also also the workplace and, and the needs. But what exactly do you mean by 
wellness in the workplace? I think that, you know, there's different ways that you can approach wellness in the, in the workplace, but the starting place has to be simple, a simple act of showing that you care, making sure that you have some benefits available to staff so that they can actually see and access healthcare, making sure that you are checking in and saying, how's your workload? So as a leader, there's lots of little things that it's just showing care so people can work on their wellness. There are things like bringing, you know, mindfulness activities into the into the workplace, bringing in some yoga classes. Those are all great. But if the beginning that that basis isn't there, then that can be a real deterrent to to people to actually benefit from the extra stuff. Mm-hmm. A good example that I have is setting up a lunchroom. So if you don't have if people are going into the workplace, you can go into some places like retail shops, which I've done a lot of work with. Retail organizations, they quite often have this beautiful front end that's like gorgeous. It has all the frills. It's a beautiful shopping experience. We've done a lot of things to make sure that, you know, they're COVID-19 safe. I've seen all sorts of cool things happening. But if you're not providing a fridge that actually allows people to, to put in their lunch and be able to not cross-contaminate or making sure that they have somewhere to sit down mm-hmm. in a time where they can't just go sit in a food court or they might not feel safe to go do other things, then that basic level of wellness isn't being addressed. So you can look at like four different areas within wellness to kind Mm -hmm. of see that baseline. And then from there, you can expand on it like with all sorts of cool classes and other things, but you want to make sure that that baseline is there. Mm. Actually, like what you started that off with, it's that, you know, you you need to want to put that into place. And the, the, on a basic level, you have to care about the well-being of everyone around you. And um, yeah, otherwise, I guess it's not genuine enough or authentic. It's like, yeah, there you go, do it. But you're not really in- invested. And I guess that comes across then as well. Yep. Yeah. And I think that realizing it for yourself first is really important. So mm-hmm. when talking about why it's really, really important for leaders as soon as leaders start looking at their own well-being, they can start actually realizing the benefit of having enough sleep, of making sure that they're not burning the midnight oil overworking, making sure that they are taking breaks and leading by example. When they start seeing those benefits, it becomes easier for them to say, hey, are you doing these things to make sure that you're you know, happy, healthy, and feeling great at work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and create the space for it right yeah so how does that you probably answered that question already to to some extent um, but maybe there's something to to fill in on how wellness fits in with the modern workplace i kind of think of it like going on a road trip so you can have everything in place you've got your snacks you've got all these different things ready to go on this road trip you've got your playlist of great music mm-hmm. but if you haven't done an oil change if you haven't done those basics you still might break down Mm -hmm. so in the modern workplace we're doing all sorts of different programs i i see so many different programs coming in at workplaces i get approached about them a lot of you know what you work with organizations we would love to show you this new app that's going to work this and some of those are amazing but if we don't get that oil change done we're still going to have a breakdown 
Mm-hmm. In the modern workplace, we're seeing a lot more cases of burnout. People are, you know, trying to navigate not only the changes in the workplace, which might mean smaller teams, there's been layoffs in different organizations, but it also means external stress. So not only are they experiencing stress at work, but they're experiencing stress in their personal life. And so it can just be like cyclical that it's just like, yeah, no, I'm still driving on this oilless car and I'm just going to keep going. And then you hit burnout. Mm-hmm. So it's super important right now to give space and give, you know, acceptance of you might not always be at a hundred percent, but let's figure out how you can be at a good, good place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes total, makes total sense. And especially now with, what you mentioned, there's just stresses are everywhere. It's like everywhere you turn and it's like, where is this nugget of calm or, you know, well, well-being somewhere? Totally. So in your organizational role as a leadership and organizational coach, you obviously have to focus on, on the leadership team. And that's something what you've like touched on already. So why is it specifically important for leaders to practice self-care and and wellness. I, you know, I think that as a leader in within an organization, and this can be from all levels, I'm not only talking about the C-suite, I'm talking about, you know, everybody from somebody who is taking charge in their personal role, mm-hmm. which is could be any level, all the way up to our CEOs and, and that sort of stuff. If you are influencing others, they're going to pick up on how you're energy is, how your being is, Mm. and how you are showing up. And I think that something that's really changed, and I think that it's changed for the positive, is the workplace has actually changed from the early bird gets the worm. Mm. And as as leader, I should be the first one in and the last one out. Burning that midnight oil, just keep on going, 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 having pride and not taking any sick days. And for people who are being influenced by this, that can seem overwhelming, that can seem unrealistic, that can seem so many things that just aren't conducive with growth into a career. So as a, as a leader, the best thing that you can do is actually lead by example and show it's okay to take a sick day because mm-hmm. you can't be on every week, every evening, working weekends all the time, because it will burn out. Mm -hmm. So as a leader, by taking care of yourself, sitting down, having a break and saying, no, having an actual lunch break is important. Your team will then do so. Mm -hmm. So you're giving permission for people to take care of themselves. If people take care of themselves and you're taking care of yourself, you'll have better conversations I mean, I've definitely been in the space where I haven't had lunch, I'm hungry, and it's overdue. And I go into that meeting, and I I might get a little snippy. Mm -hmm. I might, you know, barrel over somebody, and that's my energy coming through, which is, you know, definitely a strong energy sometimes. But if I haven't taken care of myself, it's going to be, it's definitely not going to go well. Yeah. So if you're taking care of yourself, your staff are, people are a little bit calmer, They're a little bit easier to, you know, communicate within each other. And then you're going to be more productive. You're going to be able to navigate conflict. You're going to be able to work through change. All of those things are so much better when you've taken care of that foundation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear you. I had some incidences as well where I had to eventually resort to putting lunch as an appointment with myself and a calendar. So Mm -hmm. to not be 
you know, burned out by early afternoon because I skipped the lunch break. And I was like, no, I have an appointment. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going for my lunch break because of exactly those reasons. And it was just no... Yeah. It wasn't good for myself and it wasn't good for everyone else around me as well. And yeah, <laughs> that just came to mind when you said it. And like, yeah, I'm not the only one who had to learn yeah. that experience. And I, like I've been in, you know, I've been coaching folks before and we'll, we'll talk about, okay, so what's going on? I just feel like I can't get through to that person. You mm-hmm. know, there's, that's often a big topic of coaching. How can I communicate to these different types of people to get through what I need to get through. Mm-hmm. And it sometimes takes people back, but it's like, so like, what does your day look like? Well, that doesn't really matter. I'm talking about this one person. It's their mm-hmm. thing, not mine. Okay, okay. Well, you know, like, let's look at you first and see how you show up. Mm-hmm. Are you taking breaks? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you making sure that you're not running from one meeting to the other and late to every single meeting? Because I know we all see that, like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we definitely all see that. So, so that's, you know, that's where it comes in when we're looking at bigger things. Mm -hmm. Did you have lunch? Because that might be why you can't get through. Did they have lunch? (laughs) Yeah. Maybe go to lunch together. Exactly. Fill up that emotional bank account. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I love that emotional bank account. I I love it. Great. You got to deposit if you're going to withdraw. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. if leaders don't pay attention to that, first of all, for themselves, but also for the people around them. I mean, you've already set some of the risks around it on, you know, communication, productivity, um, being down, et cetera. What else comes to mind if that's not addressed? I think like the two biggest things about the risk are burnout. Burnout is a, is a real thing. It's not just feeling, you know, a little bit overwhelmed. It's It's a physical and mental state of being that that can be really scary. And I have a book recommendation later um, called Burnout. And it kind of goes through not only how it can affect you mentally and within your workplace, but also physically. And, you know, especially for women right now, and I don't know what is, you know, I don't know if it's because we're taking on too much. I'm not sure, but it is showing up in women more than ever. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that sense of burnout and not having those strong boundaries and and just getting to the point where you're physically sick. And then the other thing that I really see is disengagement. So if you have a team that is feeling overworked, not taking care of themselves, feeling sluggish because they haven't, you know, done different things to kind of care for themselves, that engagement isn't going to be there. You know, you're going to have meetings where it's like, so how's everybody doing? Eh, you know. It's work. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, there's ways of loving what you can do. And a base of that is being engaged in your work. And so it, it is really a leader's responsibility to create that environment of engagement. Mm-hmm. And a great way to do that is to start by making sure that your people are psychologically safe and physically safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it takes a, on a, on a leadership or organizational part, there's a bottom line to that as well, which, you know, has impacts if you need to replace people or go through. Absolutely. So there's a, there's a real like bottom line there as, as well. I guess that's how, how this is being impacted, but it all comes down to people and caring. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, especially from burnout, it takes a long time to come back from that because of the physical impact it has. So I guess there's also opportunities here. What, what would they be? 
I think that some opportunities are for leaderships to invest in this. So like with any, you know, any new focus within a workplace, there takes a, a level of personal investment and sometimes financial investment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, financial investment can be within time, taking the time to check in with people, taking the time to check in with yourself. And another great investment is actually talking to a coach, you know, for a lot of people who are getting to that line where if there's a leader sitting out there thinking, I recognize this, my team, I know they're burnt out. I know that I'm not taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. A great way to start is actually to go talk to a coach, talk to somebody who can help you break down the thoughts that are inside your head and also what's going on within your organization so that you can start looking at what do you do now? How can I invest in something? And that doesn't mean that it has to be a program. It doesn't mean it has to be any one thing in particular. It's mm-hmm. going to be personal to you. Mm-hmm. And so figuring out how can you invest in what you need to, to, to make a difference okay. for your wellness among your organization. Okay. So I know you've prepared something and we're going like, to go into that in a, in a moment of, we'll ha- actually have a document in the show notes that people can download and then just like kind of read along or do the exercise together to figure out where they are at with their wellness uh, in the workplace. Just a tiny step before that, who is, who's essentially responsible for wellness? Is it always the leaders or are we, is it personnel or HR department that we need to like go to if we're like an individual contributor at a company or do we go to our leaders? Like who, who should do something about this? I think, you know, everybody has a piece of it. So I think that everybody needs to take some responsibility for their own personal body that they live in and their mind that they work with. And I think that the leader's responsibility and, you know, whether that's coming from leadership within HR or if it's coming from leadership within other areas of the business is to allow it to be there. So, you know, giving people permission to, to take those breaks, to be able to do, take the time that it needs to do some self-care. And encouraging it is a leadership piece. But just like anything, we go to school to be able to come and get the credentials that we need for our job. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to my, my car metaphor, you could get all the driving lessons and you know how to drive your car. You know, you have direction, you know where you need to get to. Mm-hmm. But if you're not taking care of the actual vehicle you might not be able to actually use that those skills and that knowledge that you've gained over the years to be able to get there. Mm-hmm. You'll break down just like your car would. So there's some responsibility on everybody to be able to do that. But it's especially important for leaders to allow that conversation to happen mm-hmm. and encourage it to happen. Yeah. And that also goes for leaders who don't have that in their title, I guess, because you referred to it Absolutely. earlier. Anyone who's like in... I don't know what you call it, like influencer. Yeah. People who influence others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So where where do you start? Where where do people start with wellness in the workplace? You've already uh, mentioned a few things. There's a lot of services available, including obviously coaching services, but there's lots of websites, opinions, apps. (laughs) Fill us in. Where Where do we start? So as through my journey over the last couple of years on trying to trying to figure that out, what's the answer? Yes. I mean, with many things, there is no one answer. There's so many different ways. (laughs) I know. But starting simple 
mm-hmm. has been the best approach to me. So what I found and what I've kind of adapted and what you can find on the show notes is actually a wellness needs assessment. Mm. It was adapted by a, a self-care assessment that I found through um, a therapist website that goes a lot deeper than what I've provided Mm -hmm. today. So I wanted to really look at what are some of the things that as individuals we can control, we can take action on, and then we can actually, you know, make goals around that doesn't cost you an arm and a leg, that doesn't necessarily take a ton of time. Because, you know, as a coach with anything, we know that we have to make goals that are attainable, that we can Mm -hmm. work towards, that we can really kind of just start working on one piece at a time. Whenever I work with somebody who is talking about, you know, just feeling like they just aren't getting the traction that they want as a leader or their team is just feeling a little and disengaged. I recommend doing this as a homework piece. And this is a tool that I use with my clients that they can take away and then bring forward with some goals. So it goes into four different quadrants, mm-hmm. super easy. And it is self-reflection, which will help you actually be able to set some goals around it with your coach or on your own. You don't mm-hmm. have to do this with a coach, but if you are looking for, you know, further in-depth growth, that's a great mm-hmm. idea to do so. Brilliant. Bring it, bring it on. Talk us through. All right. So the needs assessment is broken down to four areas, physical self-care, psychological or emotional self-care, social self-care and professional self-care. Mm-hmm. So the first one is physical self-care. So this actually has about 10 questions that you can go through. And it's just looking at, do I do this poorly? Do I do this okay? You know, 50-50. Am I a rock star at doing this action? And being able to start and saying, this is actually something that I want to build a goal around. Mm -hmm. I always like to preface this, be honest, this is just for you. It's not Mm -hmm. a test to show, you know, what percentage, what's your grade on Mm self-care? How good are you at it? I mean, the first time I did this, I'm like, I got a lot of goals to make, you know, Um, but it's about taking small steps, which are going to make a big impact. Mm -hmm. So So, is it like scoring each question or when you said that you're a rock star at it or yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's like one, two, three, I'm not great. I'm okay. Or I'm awesome at this. Mm -hmm. And then you can just write notes about it, but it's really to identify a couple of things that you want to start with. If that makes sense. Yeah. So it goes through questions like, are you eating regularly? It's up to you how much you want to reflect on that. You could journal and you could do all sorts of things, Mm -hmm. but did I eat today? Am I eating on a regular basis? Did I put on some clothes that make you feel good about yourself? That's mm. a big one. Because especially yeah. in sweatpant nation, you know, I kind of <laughs> joke to my friends. I'm like, I haven't worn hard pants, aka jeans in like two months. I better like leave the house for a bit. So, you know, do I feel good about myself when I'm when I'm showing up on a Zoom call or showing up to other people or just showing up for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Am I resting when I get sick? Am I seeing a doctor for preventative care? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I doing some exercise? So it just takes care of each of those little items that could affect your whole day. 
I know for myself, if I wake up in the morning, I have a great shower, you know, I get up, I do my hair, I throw on a top that I actually like, I have a good breakfast, my day is going to start off totally different than if I roll out of bed, I rush around to take care of the dogs, and I sit behind my computer and feel like, you know, a bag of garbage. Totally different, totally different effects on my day and totally different effect on my work. Yeah. Great. I just like, even when you just rattle through those questions, oh yeah, that's an action item for me. Yep. I need to get some more sleep. Yep. Exercise is a good one. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and it's, it's not, I love that it's so easy and straightforward. Yeah. And one thing that like really excited me, I heard it on a podcast and I can't remember which one now. And so that's my fail, but it was talking about just trying something for two minutes. So mm. if you're reminded like, oh, I should do a little bit more exercise. Could you go for a walk? Just only commit to two minutes. And it's based on um, a book called Atomic Habits. And mm -hmm. if you just start with two minutes, you'll usually continue going. Mm -hmm. But it'll help you build that habit to break it into your, you yeah. know, bring it into your schedule. It's beginning and start doing it. Exactly. That's the thing. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Cool. So that was the first part. Is there anything else around that area that you'd want to cover? Nope. But if you just go through and like mm -hmm. put your notes on, have it ready to go later, that's the first step. Okay. So the next step is the psychological and emotional check-in. Mm -hmm. So this might take a little bit more time to reflect on and kind of go through. It's going to be personal for whoever's looking at it, but you can look at it among your work life or your personal life. They both, mm -hmm. you know, they both intertwine which is, you know, part of life, but it, it goes through things like, are you taking some time off? Do you take your weekends? Are you taking some time in the evening? Are you always on and attached to your, your phone with your email on it and stuff? Or are you taking a break from work? Do you participate in hobbies? Do you have things outside of your work life that, you know, are yours and aren't work related and are fun? Are you doing things that actually, you know, fill up your emotional bank account for yourself and are you actually you know doing things that you love to do do something comforting when's the last time you've rewatched your favorite movie or i'm a big bath person so you know i like to have a bath where i put up a couple candles on the counter have a bath bomb maybe have my favorite book in there and like sit nobody's allowed in the bathroom when i'm in there so it's like <laughs> me time completely <laughs> <laughs> and am I talking to people about my problems? You know, mm -hmm. am I working with a coach on some of the challenges or am I seeing a therapist to work through some of my past stuff? Mm -hmm. Or am I talking to a friend on a regular basis? Is there people in my life that I'm being completely honest with? And these are things that don't go into like critical mental health care. And I do really want to encourage if people are experiencing like, feelings of real sadness and depression, that's when you really need to then actually reach out to mental health professionals to be able to really navigate through that. But this is just the ba basic well-being piece of how am I feeling? Mm -hmm. How am I doing on a regular basis? I mean, am I laughing? That's one. Do you laugh? Do you find reasons to laugh? So if you're going through and you can't say yes to a lot of those things, then you really need to make some goals to make sure you have some of those in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Laughing is important. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So also with this, you're scoring, say, from 
like one to three and they're tallying yes. things up and, and um, we'll look at it. Yeah, absolutely. So you'd be looking at those, like where are the highest areas or the lowest? Yeah, you're going to want to, once you go through all of them, you're going to want to pick out one or two that mm-hmm. you want to take action on right away. So one or two that falls in that one area mm-hmm. of I'm not doing this. So when I look through my psychological and emotional check-in, I'm like, you know what? I, I don't have a hobby and I don't laugh enough. What are a couple things that I can do to find some reasons to bring that into my life? Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, going to going on my YouTube and watching some comedians? Is it picking up some knitting stuff or some bread making? Because both of those have gone wild over quarantine. Yeah, it's hard to find awesome. yarn anywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if anybody needs a reason to, to, to make bread, I'll take it because I love bread. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So once you've kind of scored it all, that's when you can pick out one or two things mm-hmm. that are going to really enhance your well-being. Yeah. I love that it doesn't have to be. So I mean, I know you, you said it earlier as well. It's like, cost-effective and easy, straightforward things like, you know, watch some cat videos. Yeah. <laughs> Play yeah. some cats and dogs. Hey, it, yeah. it can be as simple as that. I, I love yeah. that about it as well. I think you'll also start to notice that things overlap. So for me, things that make me laugh, I guess it could be considered a hobby and it's considered exercise is hanging out with my dogs. So it's taking some pieces from both areas. And then if when we go into social, which is the next one, social check-in, when I go to the dog park, I'm meeting people, other dog owners. So I'm having conversations. So we we recently got a puppy. That that dog is keeping me busy. So, you know, there's there's different things that you can tackle with yeah. one action. I love that. It's a multiplier effect. Yeah. Take off the exactly. cue in the same time. Okay, cool. So we've got um which ones do we have down? The physical? Yep. So we did our physical check-in, our psychological check-in, mm-hmm. and the next one is social check-in. Okay. So this is one that's affected a lot of people. And you know, with us in isolation, so, I mean, you know, there's some places that are completely locked down again. Mm-hmm. We've had to go to places like Zoom and different areas that we can talk on video and those types of things. And so try to think of some different things of how are you actually meeting some of these needs? So things in the social check-in, spend time with people I like. At work, could it be a quick coffee on video chat with one of your favorite coworkers that you might not work on direct projects together, but used to meet up with in the lunchroom? Hey, do you want to have coffee? Like we're in the lunchroom getting our morning coffees. Mm -hmm. Great way to actually connect. Another thing that's on the social check-in is having stimulating conversations. When we're all work and then we might, you know, we might live alone or we might live with a partner or you might have a whole family at your house. But are you having stimulating conversations outside of the workplace and outside of task oriented, you know, pieces? And if not, are there groups that you can meet with? Are there ways that you can put aside time to actually dig a little deeper on what you're talking about with anybody? Mm -hmm. So it's hard right now, but there's ways that you can find ways to forget that social aspect. If you are lacking in in that area. What exactly would you, or how would you define stimulating? 
I think that for, for, for me and everybody will find it a little bit different Mm -hmm. for me, stimulating conversations are conversations that are excite me. Okay. You know, that give you that bit of like, I feel like I just had a good chat and for everybody it'll be different. Mm -hmm. That's probably true as well. Um, Stimulating, but it has more of a, like a positive, obviously side to it. You can also be stimulated and kind of, you know, work your way up over topics that might yeah you, you might have divided opinions over or yeah so it's not that it's something that puts a smile on your face and you feel just yeah yeah absolutely in yourself it's like oh yeah that was good absolutely absolutely okay yeah cool yeah yeah um and then the last piece and like i said a lot of these weave in and out of each other so within this you're gonna see some areas from each of those different places we just Mm -hmm. talked about. But the last piece that we have on there is a professional check-in. And this is where leadership and, you know, your, your self at work really comes in. And so on here, we have different things like improve my professional skills. Mm -hmm. So with, you know, us working sometimes isolated or separated, it can be hard to learn from the people around you on a regular basis. So looking for ways that you can actually improve your own skills is a great way to actually have some professional well-being in your life. So that could be through doing a course on LinkedIn. That could be working with a coach or a mentor on, mm-hmm. you know, learning on how to like actually elevate your skills. There's all sorts of ways, but this is a great opportunity to, okay, so my work life has changed. How can I learn to actually figure out exactly what I want to do and do better? Mm-hmm. Another one is, you know, around boundary setting, you know, do you say no to excessive new responsibilities? We've seen things change so much over the course of the last year. And I know from what I've experienced, there's been a lot of changing priorities mm-hmm. and it's been like, okay, we're going to work on this right now. Oh, that's not going to work. We're going to have to, you know, do something completely different. And so I've seen different people go through adapting and evolving as COVID-19 has affected the last year and we need to, you know, look at, is this too much? Do I feel safe at work to say, you know what? I don't have the bandwidth for that right now. Can we talk about a different way of getting what we need to get done? Mm -hmm. And as a leader, it's really important to allow those conversations and encourage them to be honest. Yeah. Or bring them up yourselves like role model, you know. Exactly. Exactly. And then I think that, you know, there's a couple other things like take breaks during your work, make time to talk. So having that coffee that I mentioned with Mm -hmm. social time, find time to talk and build relationships within your workplace. Mm -hmm. All those little things can actually help nurture a really, you know, healthy, well workplace. So all of these will be up there. I recommend going through those four areas and saying, how am I doing? What do I want to work on? And then putting together some goals around them. And that's where you can reach out to, you know, a coach. You can do some, you know, looking online to see different tools that different people have. Or it can just be putting something in your day, you know, your day planner. However you find that intention, being aware that you need to do something will help you actually be more well at work. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then obviously with a coach, you can... You get that accountability and, and more support if you need to along the way, finding your whys and get a bit yeah. more clarity as well around it. 
Yeah. Me lots. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, when I saw a coach, I, you often think when I've experienced a coach or I've coached other people, like I remember the first time I went through like a full coaching relationship, I thought that I knew what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't get there. But through that digging deeper and really connecting with somebody and having them work, you know, reflect back what you're saying and dig deeper, I ended up going a completely different way, changed some of my priorities, changed some of my goals, but overall helped everything Mm -hmm. else. So you might know what you think you need to do, but you might completely have a different epiphany by the end of it. (laughs) Yeah. And those goals should be helping you not putting extra stressors and, you know, it could just, it's not supposed to be another to-do list. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And yeah, you mentioned like all these resources earlier and you've just hinted at some as well. And there's so much information out there. How do we know? Like, do you have a recommendation for like what has worked for you? Or do you know what to look for? How do we find something that's good and working? <laughs> I think that there's a lot of different ways. I think a couple of things that kind of come to mind as I'm looking at that. Mm-hmm. The ICF, the International Coaching Federation, they do a lot of great work to work with different organizations through coach training and then maintain um, credentials for coaches who are on their way there. So mm-hmm. coaches, if you're looking for a coach, coaches who are either have experienced ICF level coaching training or are credentialed, you know that there's a level of professionalism that needs to be maintained. So that's a great way. You have to keep learning. Not all coaches have to be credentialed though. So there's lots Mm -hmm. of other great ideas looking for different psychologists, looking for folks who are active and really focused on learning and continually changing. And then I think that, you know, I think that one thing that's person is try things out. If you're Mm -hmm. like, I don't know about this thing, try it. Does it feel good? Does it give you a better lens on life and make you feel like you're being more productive or healthy? Mm -hmm. Try it out. And then word of mouth. I mean, the more that you start interacting with different folks who are in this area, you're going to, you're going to hear, you're going to hear all sorts of things. And I know you asked me to prepare a couple of suggestions on books. Follow them on Instagram. They'll give you all sorts of (laughs) suggestions on different ways that you can you know, expand your resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Once you have a, a lens for this or a focus, you know, you're just going to see if you want a pair of, I don't know, red boots. All you're going to see is people with red boots all of a sudden. It's like exactly. your, your, your focus is just completely different and Absolutely. It, it will open up a new, uh, a new world. So that's, that's yeah. totally cool. Perfect. And so, I think the last tip I will yeah. say, there is no magic cure. So if somebody is promising that if you drink this drink, everything will be fixed, there's no secret elixir. So it is looking for small ways to make improvements within your life. You still have to do the the work yourself. There's no one going to do that for you. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) For sure. If someone notices notices that um, someone is in need of a bit more self-care of wellness in their workplace or just little things have come up or like, Oh, I don't, I wonder if everything is okay with this person. How can, you know, someone start approaching that other, that other person and, and start a conversation around wellness? Say either if they are a leader or, 
maybe not necessarily um, in a leadership position. I think a great way to be able to approach anybody, if you're noticing that maybe they're looking a little bit down or don't fe- don't seem like they're in a great place, is never walking up to them and saying, you look tired. Everything okay? <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. Yes. But getting a little bit curious with compassion. Mm-hmm. So I think a great way to start some of those conversations is, hey, so what did you do on the weekend? What do you love to do outside of work? Having some of those curiosity and trying to dig a little bit, like, what do you do? And then sharing your personal experience. And, you know, hopefully if you're having a conversation and you ask them about their weekend, they'll ask you about yours. And that's when you can say, you know what? I got this great new checklist. And so I was really focusing on a little bit on my self-care. And so I, you know, went through and I was trying to figure out what my day looks like. And I went for a walk, which actually helped me reflect on the day and this and that. So if you start talking about it, more times than none, people will say, oh, I need a little bit of that. Do you want to share that with me? Mm-hmm. You can tell right away if you're just showing up with kindness and just curiosity. Mm-hmm. People are going to just be able to say, yeah, I haven't taken a walk in a month. I need to do that. Yeah. Oh, well, do you want to go on a walk on our break? We can plug in our earphones and have a chat when we go on a 15-minute walk. So mm-hmm. there's great ways to nudge people towards that. Yeah. Not in a inspector kind of way why did you do this when did yeah. you do that but it's like those yeah. like what questions what's usually what you'd hear from coaches as well and yeah, yeah. Add a bit of kindness in there as well not peppering, yeah. peppering anyone else with questions so those are yeah. examples I've been on both ends so it's like yeah there is um there's just something about a one question it's like why what happened da, da, da. you know yeah. what did she do and you know, whenever there's a why, it's like, oh, I don't know. It just comes across a lot more harsh yep. if you're being asked that. So open, curious yep. questions, the way to go. I love it. Nobody wants to hear, you really don't feel like you're doing any self-care lately. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And obviously you're, you're there to um, help people as well if they want to start the conversation around it as well. Absolutely. 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 Okay. Yeah. Believe it or not, we're we're nearly at the end of this. I know, I know, and I do have to run off pretty soon. So yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's get those last few questions, and you've hinted uh, at them already. You have a one book recommendation. I have a couple. So. Okay. I find that you can get your knowledge through books and other areas. So I have a podcast, um, and that's the Dare to Lead podcast mm-hmm. with. Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. She is doing some really great things on both leadership, but also the need to be open, vulnerable and caring for yourself in Mm -hmm. that leadership role. So she embodies a lot of what I am really passionate about Mm -hmm. for a book. I actually have two. So my happiness project by Gretchen Rubin, when we talked before you had mentioned that and I had Mm -hmm. forgotten about that book, but it's such a great way of looking at one thing per month. So I definitely recommend that. And then Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle by Emily and Amelia Nagowski. Mm-hmm. Excellent book. I would definitely recommend it. It try it helps you before you get to that burnout stage. I also wanted to just point out a great website to check out is MindWellU. And that is, they have a Take 5 Challenge, which is just bringing a five-second mindfulness exercise into mm. your day. So 
Yeah, great. Thank you for those. There's uh, two more questions I have that I ask everyone at the end um, of our podcast. The first of those two would be to get to know you a bit better. And uh, if you let us in on something that's on your bucket list. So one of my bucket list items um, has been kind of, you know, thrown off by Mm -hmm. COVID-19, but it's something that I've been working on over a few years before that. And that's to travel to a different country every single year. So I love traveling. I love it when I don't know the food, sometimes the language. Mm -hmm. I like having moments by myself. It helps me kind of keep things in perspective. So as soon as we can travel again, I need to get out of here and, and go somewhere. <laughs> Haven't picked exactly where yet, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> oh, that would have been my next question. What's your like top three countries that you'd go to? Do you have something well, already? That I have gone to or that no, I that would you, go to? you'd go to, yes. I want to go to Thailand. Mm-hmm. One of my dogs came from Thailand and I just feel like I should go there and it's beautiful and I can hang out with the elephants. I really, really want to get over to Greece Mm -hmm. I've been to Turkey along the Mediterranean and fell in love with everything about it. And then I think that the last one that I would choose is, I think that I would love to go somewhere in Asia. Mm -hmm. I haven't been to Asia as a continent, so I don't know where to go. (laughs) Wonderful. And last question, what makes you dance? So I think that I was thinking about this and I mean, good tunes. I'm a huge music person. I love putting on upbeat, more indie kind of music and soul from the, you know, sixties is also a big hit. Mm -hmm. And I usually find myself dancing with my dogs. I have three dogs and they love it when I sing and dance and, you know, they'll chase me around the living room and they, that's, they love engaging in that way. So, yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. That visual that I have in my head is just amazing. And I mean, maybe everyone should do podcasts because we have a social thing going on right now. We definitely both have smiles on our faces and we're ticking a lot of those boxes that uh, are on your checklist. (laughs) Yeah. I love all of these conversations and, you know, I think that it's a great way to check those boxes and just have a little fun. (laughs) Yeah. And meaningful conversations and so many different things I I love it thank you so much for joining us (laughs) thank you and talk to you soon bye cows thanks that's it what insights did you get about your wellness at work and how will you commit to improving your situation I'd love to invite you to a free chat with Kels to see how she might support you or your organization. Simply go to coachme.global forward slash book. That's coachme.global forward slash book. Thank you for tuning in. Stay healthy. Until next time, Nadine.